Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity in your life, learning the history of hobbies, as well as making a little side hustle out of your hobbies. If you want to find balance in your life and find peace, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rostey. All right, let's get to the show. And welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. With me is Annie Margarita Yang. Annie, how are you? Adam, thanks for having me on on the Blue Oasis. Really happy to be here today. All right. Glad to have you. All right. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm someone who didn't go straight to college. Coming out, I worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs. And then I eventually did get a degree in communications. But coming out, I was working at Domino's Pizza. So that did not work out like I thought it would. But when my husband and I, we moved from Texas to Boston, I said, I have a new life here in Boston and I want to make my mark. I want to make a difference. I want to earn money because I'm just so sick of not being given opportunities. So I applied to accounting jobs without an accounting degree. And I got an accounting job in only seven days. And then in my next job search, it took me only six days. And then in my third job search, so after that one, I got a job in only five days without the accounting degree. And everyone was telling me I'm not qualified. I'm not capable. Um, the reason I'm on the show is because you're interested in making money from hobbies. So in the second job, second accounting job that I had, I took a course from Ramit Sethi. He's like kind of internet famous. He also has a show on Netflix. Um, he's basically the owner of I will teach you to be rich.com. I took his earn $1,000 on the side course and I had quite some success with it because he was selling this course for $1,000, but you could get on a monthly payment plan of $99 for a year. So I, I chose this, the payment plan option. And then I was like, okay, if, if I fail at this, then I lose 99 a month. But if I can actually learn something here and earn money, then if I could charge my first client a little bit more than that, I made a profit, right? So within eight weeks of taking that course, I got my first client, it was a bookkeeping client, and I got to earn $150 a month from that client. So already from there, I made all my money back on the course. So that's why I'm here today. I mean, if anyone wants to learn how to earn more money on the side. Of course, of course. Um, right now I'm earning a an extra 150 a month just from doing audio editing and, yeah. and I got the, uh, hockey podcast newsletter as well. Um, that's, I had to put in the, the plug, but yeah. Um, okay. So I've, so, uh, you're, so, um, when it comes to creating that first side hustle, uh, what would you recommend to someone who is uh, just brand new and and doesn't know how to take the first step or what that person should be focused on? I think the first thing is you have to consider whether it's viable. So 
Um, rather than trying to spin your wheels thinking, okay, are there enough customers for this? Can I actually make money doing this? You can ask yourself an easy question. Um, is the customer able to pay? Are you picking a customer that is able to pay? Like, instead of picking someone who's like um, a starving artist, you know, let's say you have a passion for helping out starving artists, but are they able to pay? You know, would you, uh, like, for example, there, I knew a career coach and she wanted to turn a business out of like helping musicians figure out how to have a career in music. But most musicians are struggling financially. So are they able to pay? No, <laughs> right? Um, and then the second question to really ask yourself is, is your customer willing to pay? So if you found one that has the ability to pay, are they willing to pay? Is this something they, they actually want to pay for? Right? Because then you'd have a hard time convincing them whether they actually want to pay. Can you actually turn this into something viable? And if the answer is yes to both, then that's when you start experimenting. Because I remember I wanted to help people who were poor. I wanted to help poor people and um, homeless people more specifically, right? Um, you can't viably help homeless people. It's something that you need a nonprofit for and you get donations and grants, right? <laughs> As a source of revenue in order to help homeless people. But I wanted to like help homeless people, you know, um, and give them financial coaching, teach them after they do land a job, how they can manage their money. And yeah, that, that just simply wasn't going to work. I realized that the flaw in my thinking here was they didn't even have the ability to pay, let alone the second part, which is their willingness to pay. Right, I'm muted. Um, okay. Um, so, so when you went from zero to one, that first sale, um, it was probably the best feeling in the in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the most memorable days of my life. Uh, and what did you sell? Just to... I sold a bookkeeping service. All right. So one client and. And that client became a uh, a repeat. Yes, of, that's that's yeah. a recurring service. Recurring. So that's the great thing about bookkeeping; it's recurring. Yeah, that's the best uh, part. And then, um, uh, what was the most pivotal moment for you? Uh, the moment that reassured you could really do this, and and not just um not just when you first got the client like as well were there like did you have a big did people just start finding you or um so what was that moment um i think it actually came much later on and then it wasn't even bookkeeping because so after i got that first client what happened was i also at the same time started a youtube channel and the first video I posted to YouTube just went totally viral. It got a million views. This this is not normal where you just like make a first video and then it goes famous, right? Um, most people, they'll post like 200 videos before they get something maybe. But this went viral. And so I started earning ad revenue from it. So it was thanks to this pivotal moment that I was also able to say to potential clients like, hey, um, I also have a YouTube video channel where I help people with their finances. And, you know, there's a lot of viewers for this channel. So this is just a proof that I know what I'm talking about, right? That helped. And then it was through that, that like 
people trusted me enough to do their books because they questioned whether I was qualified. Um, so that definitely helped put down people's defenses. But I think one of the most happiest days of my life was when I got a phone call from someone in California, like it's some subsidiary company of this. In the US, we have like Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans. Those are like really big mortgage companies, right? This company was a subsidiary of one of those two companies. And I got a phone call from someone and they were like, we want you to help us produce um, short three minute videos on how first time home buyers can buy their first home, how they can save for their home, how they can shop for the home. And you know, you don't have to say any sponsorships in the video. We just want you to make these educational videos. So then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm like the face for these kind of content, almost like a spokesperson kind of like that. And that was a pivotal moment for me because I was like, oh, I've got somebody's attention here. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, going back to the book, you are a best-selling author um, of the five-day job search. Um, uh, so tell me all about this book. So this book, I just wrote it in the last year and I published it in August of 2023. This is basically how in the beginning I said I landed a job in only a week without an accounting degree. Second one was in six days, third one is in five days. It's basically um, the lessons I learned along the way on how other people can replicate and have a similar success. Because what I do isn't like, people were like, wow, she's a unicorn. No, I think there there's a whole system that's repeatable that other people can follow and also have success if they're willing to put in the work. So basically I laid out a whole comprehensive blueprint that people can follow and have the same success as well. All right. All right. Um, so you've got that. Um, um, so um, when you do begin to make that to get that bump in revenue and you really are just uh starting uh, actually you know i'll go to this um so you had a website and and were you using wix at first or were you using um how are you getting traffic to your uh uh did well first of all did you have a website is my question i had a blog I didn't exactly have a website. I bought the domain name AnnieMargaritaYang.com. And then I had a blog. It was just like I had an about page who I am, you know, basically. And then just a blog, not even of my expertise, just like random things that I was interested in. <laughs> and then a contact form uh, when I first started. It, it was, yeah, it was just like one of those hole in the wall kind of websites that you, you would see back back then when the internet was kind of starting, that kind of thing. Okay. And, and you had the fill in thing where everyone could fill out their name and email and, and, uh, that's where you started your list. Uh, right. Yeah. Sometimes I had like some random people came across me on the internet and just like, I found you through this post. I was like, okay. Uh, but I, I never built the list with that. In fact, I should have started building an email list a long time ago because I have recently gotten censored and or shadow banned on YouTube. So my own followers are not really getting notified when I post new videos. It's not the same as it used to be when I post a video and then 
I'd easily get a couple hundred people um, watch the video within the first 24 hours. Now I get maybe 30 people watching 24 hours. I don't know why, but yeah, I should have built that email list a long time ago. I kind of regret not investing the time in doing that because I can't reach people who actually like me and follow me. Uh, so when it comes to an email list, uh, you offered a free product. Uh, that's what I did with my email list uh, when the guide to creating audiobooks and having in pictures and a step-by-step -step guide. So you had, uh, so what was your offer uh, piece, if you will, your, your piece offering? Yeah, so right now what I'm offering is the five-day job search audiobook. So that's free, and then people can get on the list by downloading that. Prior to that, I had, this is on AnnieYangFinancial.com, but I, my actual personal site, which is initially where I was building my following and stuff like that, my website was AnnieMargaritaYang.com, right? So it's my full, my full name. And, you know, whenever I had, um, I, I made a video where I had a downloadable, I honestly, I should have set it up so that if people wanted to download something that I was giving away for free that I mentioned in the video that directed people to the site, I should have ideally put it behind one of those opt-in forms, right? But like, I was like, well, you know, it's not so important. I can always set that up later. And so people were able to just download these free templates even without putting in their info, right? So that page on my site got a lot of traffic and visitors, but never collected their email addresses. So learn from my mistake, guys, anyone listening. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so what platform do you recommend using for email lists? MailChimp, uh, ConvertKit, um, or I just- think MailChimp by far has the best like reputation and branding and, and they just make it so easy to start. I mean, you can literally start for free, right? But in terms of automation, like I did a lot of research on which one lets you um split out split out your audience into like different groups and tags and lists and stuff like that and then set this whole automation thing that later when you grow and actually have a whole system set up you hardly have to work on it uh for that kind of stuff active campaign is by far the best in the industry though they're kind of pricey yeah okay all right uh so um, when it came to uh, shadow ban shadow banning um, on your YouTube channel, was there something you said that caused them to be like, um, no, we have to, now we have to go flag Annie because she said da-da-da-da-da and we can't have that here on, on the uh, Google um, upper class people. We can't, we Google upper, upper class people can't have that. Rather, uh, so was there something you said or was there something in the video? It's not anything particular in the video. I think the issue is I, I'm making videos talking about student loans, like even just briefly, you know, not fully about student loans, but I say, hey guys, you know, if you want to land a job quickly after you graduate college and pay off your student loans rather than trying to get forgiveness, right? Um, this is a politically controversial issue even though everybody, you know, on both sides, yeah, I think it's a good thing if you can get a better paying job quickly and pay off your loans. That's ideally for everybody, right? But um, it used to be, there's, there's just simply 
I don't think it's targeted toward me. There's simply been a change in the algorithm. And I spoke to other people who have YouTube channels and they told me it's the same. Like there's something with the algorithm that is simply suppressing their videos and also not showing it to their own following. Because like YouTube search has changed. If you've noticed, like when you search for videos on YouTube, they'll give you like maybe five of the top videos related to whatever you search. And then it'll say like other people also watched and then something totally unrelated to your search, right? And then it also goes like, trending this video blah 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 and then you've already watched this video and then you know it's like this two videos that are totally unrelated to what you searched and you already watched it so why would you want to watch it again right so something is already messed up with the search algorithm to begin with and then if you search for things that are kind of like controversial those videos from independent small creators they simply don't show up so like it used to be that when you search for the word student loans into the YouTube search bar, videos from small creators that like made a one-off video or something like that were saying, guys, I have student loans. Anyone who's still in high school, don't take out these loans. Listen to me. I really regret taking out these loans, you know? Or they'll say things like, hey, if you want to know how, like, if you're behind on your loans and how you can, like, not let it affect your credit, this is one of the things you can do. Or, like, this is how you can avoid paying your loans altogether if the school went bankrupt and no longer exists. You know, like, we had, like, all these, like, variety of people talking about the student loan issue. But if you go on YouTube today and you search just the word student loans, it is all mainstream media in like all of the top results going down and then maybe one or two handful from like small independent creators. So it's like Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and all of these mainstream media folks, they are talking about Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. That's it. It's all like this one narrative on YouTube about it. And, and, and it doesn't serve anyone. And, you know, I remember like being like this um, 11 year old boy when YouTube was first starting out and the message was broadcast yourself. It was broadcast yourself, not broadcast the the mainstream talking point um, yeah. for, you know, for people when, when, you know, you're, you know, the users are looking for, for non-mainstream content. That's why they're coming there as well um i'll tell you a story um i at 25 years old uh paid off my student loans uh back in 2019 and and it was like ugh, i don't know how i did it at the very end of the year i did i did it and it was like just okay because i wanted to finish the decade out and that would be pretty cool and then okay and then next year in 2020 i'm going 2020. to have fun and then whoops right. not happening sorry sort and of then thing the student loan payments paused as well for three years and it's and it's like <laughs> right. oh geez i did all that work and and some of them had had forgiveness too and it's like oh and and it and it does and it does hurt like hurt. it's like well but at least you know i have peace of mind not having to to call up great lakes student loans again so there's that um oh wow um uh, for those um, trying to get more clients, trying to get views on them, you'd recommend you you'd recommend going all out f onto YouTube, Facebook. No, no, I no, I recommend TikTok. TikTok, really? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was I was actually on a show earlier today 
um, I was being interviewed, but this guy also had a following on like Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. And I was talking about the same thing. I was like, you know, I'm getting censored. He's like, me too. Uh, and we're not talking about anything, you know, controversial. And he said it used to be that when he posted on Instagram or, or went on Facebook Live, right, he easily like got like a couple hundred people watching right away or impressions and stuff like that. Like at least it was shown to people. And he said these days, unless um, I blast an email out right before I'm about to go live or do something like that, I get like maybe 30 people, right? It, there's a, there's an algorithm switch across the board across all of these platforms and the only way i think people are growing right now is everyone's jumping onto tiktok because the algorithm uh is still trying to help the small creator who's just getting started is a total nobody that anyone's ever heard of like for example i made my tiktok two months ago i do have a plan to grow but i haven't i haven't been active on it you know because i'm still learning <laughs> and it, honestly i'm really busy right I uploaded like three shorts. I had no followers. And then, but despite that, the the shorts were shown to 250 random people. So the way it works is it will show it to 250 random people. And if people engage with it, meaning they like it, they comment, they share it with their friends, and then they follow you from watching the video, TikTok will see that as this is a good video. It has high engagement. We'll show it to even more people beyond 250. But if at the 250 mark, it, it like hasn't gotten as much engagement as they thought, it will just stay at 250 pretty much. But like that's with no followers, right? Like you have a chance to do something if you're interesting enough that people are like, oh, wow, I want to keep watching. Um, and then from those three videos, I managed to get like 41 followers just from three videos, right? I posted the same exact shorts to my YouTube channel and I got 300 views, but I already had 18 K subscribers on YouTube and I get 300 views with TikTok 250, but no followers whatsoever. So if you want to grow quickly, TikTok is the way to go. I honestly think. Okay. And, and I've been like the most skeptical, um, guy against TikTok. And then like all my friends are like, Adam, get on tiktok you'll grow your Get hockey pad. you'll <laughs> grow your and it's like uh and and you know what i might pull the trigger and just just say okay i'll keep it on my laptop it's like i just don't want the thing on my foot you know it's like spy software all that stuff i was really skeptical about it and it was like staying on instagram staying on youtube not going but i mean but at this point but you know if if the algorithm works, it can work. And, and, you know, and, you know, I mean, I, I think I can drop my skepticism now. I'll, I, I can start something. Yeah, it works. You like, it is still in its growth phase. There are still like millions of users joining TikTok. So it is like, it behooves you, you know, ideally to do TikTok now, not when it's like, like a more mature platform like YouTube, right? Where they want to cater to people who are bigger, not smaller. Yeah, this is, I think this is the way to go, especially in terms of even getting clients because I was taking a, an acting class three months ago and this acting class is filled with Gen Z because Gen Z, uh, fresh out of college or fresh out of high school, they, I think they, <laughs> 
they think maybe they have what it takes to become famous in Hollywood. So they're taking this acting class, trying to get roles in movies and stuff like that. Um, all of them very attractive, by the way. I've never seen this group of people so attractive all in one place. There was this one girl in the class. Um, I was asking people if they, any of them had private acting teachers because this was a group class. And she's like, yeah, 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 I have an acting teacher. And I, and I asked her, how did you find her? Because I was trying to look for a private teacher. She's like, oh yeah, that was easy. I found her on TikTok. <laughs> I was like, what? You found your acting teacher on TikTok? She's like, yeah, yeah. That's how, um, you know, Gen Z, we, we buy things these days. <laughs> they, li they literally buy, buy things through TikTok. I was talking to an older lady actually last week. She's in her 60s and she's on TikTok as well because she got banned from LinkedIn. And I don't know for what she got banned from LinkedIn. And she, I don't know. LinkedIn said that she got hacked and some robot was doing stuff to her account. So she got banned. So she lost 10,000 followers just like that. And then she's like, okay, I have to start now with TikTok. So there's a 60 year old woman on TikTok talking about financials. And then uh, I got on a call with her. She's like, oh, uh, where did you find me from? Did you find me through TikTok? Because like, it seems like everyone who's booking calls with me these days, they found me through TikTok. I was like, what? <laughs> so people are, are getting clients through TikTok for real. Oh, and and I didn't know about the shop too. I mean, I've heard of like the TikTok shop and then and then I guess the company still sends you like they have pajamas now. It's insane as well. Um I guess I never thought I'd deviate uh to here, but um LinkedIn, uh I do not like the platform. I do not like um the like the business, it, all it is, is just more of a resume and you're just following people as well. And it's like, and it's like, I already follow you on Facebook and you put your job title there. I don't, I, I just have it just to, just because I had it and yeah. nothing else at that point. It, and, and it really serves no purpose. And if they want my, and if I go to a new job or get a res or show, you know, they'll see my resume at the job and, and my, and also the stuff I've done on YouTube with audio editing, you know, I'll show them that too. I don't need LinkedIn anymore. Well, it never hurts to have at least your LinkedIn profile. You know, you don't necessarily have to be super active on it and comment all the time or make new posts, but at the very least have the profile completely filled out. That, that helps you find clients and get clients because um, though the client where I make those first time home buyer videos, that's how he contacted me actually. Like he found my YouTube videos, but then he connected with me on LinkedIn. He sent me a message on LinkedIn asking if we could get on a call. So he didn't have my number directly because I don't post my phone number public. So he had to connect with me on LinkedIn first to get my phone number to call me. So it still helps to have your LinkedIn profile. Okay. All right. And and I'm and and maybe this is uh because I was born in ninety-four. That that it We're it, like the oh, same year. I was born in ninety-five. Come on. Oh wait, you oh oh wow. I'm one year um, younger than you. Yeah. Wow. I I geez, I like I totally like wow, I just amazing. Um didn't know. Um yeah, so you've got um, so with the audiobook, uh, f for free, 
um, and just sending it along. It's just an MP3 format. Uh, why didn't you put that on something like uh, audiobooks.com or Audible or anything like that? I had intended to, but I actually didn't finish editing the audio. So I did like this really quick edit of the audio um, where I still hadn't done the equalizer thing yet to it to make my voice sound better. I just did the compression and background noise removal. And then when I was like launching my book, um, I, I told people who were helping me write reviews, I said, you either can get the EPUB version, the PDF version or the audiobook. So I needed to get that audiobook like edited very, very quickly. So I finished editing it, exported each of the 49 chapters, which took a while, you know, to have to trim and then export each file one by one. Um, so I ha that's the version I have out for now for download. It's not like the fully polished version because I still never had time to sit down and export the fully polished version. Once I have that exported, I can upload it to Audible. <laughs> Okay, so so they're not in ACX standards then. They're they're um, that standard no, not right now. Okay, uh, yeah, just like yeah, I mean, I've just I I just put it out there just just because I like writing as well. Did um going back to your book, did you enjoy the process of writing and and think that you know I can do more with this? The book I am. Actually, the book was actually very easy to write. So I'm not sure if I could say I could do more with this because the whole book was dictated. I literally had um, an outline of 10 chapters and then I turned on my iPhone, the voice memo app, and then I just recorded chapter one by speaking for one hour and then chapter two, chapter three, one hour each. And then I transcribed the audio using Descript.com. Uh, they have this plan where you can pay, I think, it was either $10 or $12 to transcribe 10 hours of audio. So I got a one month subscription of that and then I transcribed the audio that way into the book. So yeah, not, it wasn't too much work and I don't think I could have done more, more with it than that, honestly. I've used Descript. I have to say, I liked it. I love it. Um, it's just very simple to use. You can transcribe video and audio. It's And it's like, yeah, it's like your own personal yeah, it's like, you know, you rewrite it and you don't have to take notes like like you did in the old days as well. So very simple, easy to use, and you have um, thousands of words in minutes. Uh, what else is is there? Um, all right, audiobooks. Um, uh, so, so there are definitely many people that are uh, struggling to get to even making a hundred dollars a month, let alone, you know, one dollar or you know, let alone thousands or the next full-time income. Do you think um uh so when it comes to that, uh what do you suggest that people do to um to just keep going when they're just having their struggles or a down month or they they don't make anything. Uh, do you have any suggestions for those dark times? Yeah, I I have to tell people you gotta you have to cast a wider net, right? One of the reasons why you probably struggle financially to not have opportunity is simply because you have to cast a wider net. Like if not enough people are saying yes to you 
and becoming either clients or becoming job offers. It's simply, I think you haven't contacted enough people. Maybe you've only applied to 50 jobs or you've only done 50 cold emails or cold calls or, you know, outreach, right? Like when I got my first client, I reached out to 500 people randomly on the internet. I went on biggerpockets.com to find real estate investors. And I, I, I got the $10 a month plan to be able to message people on the board. And then I just started messaging and adding people randomly on the site. And then only one of them ended up becoming that first client. So while I was really anxious, I was like, oh, is this gonna work? In the end, it did work. It's simply a matter of the numbers. So you have to keep hitting it, you know, keep batting until you finally get something basically. And, and don't let your mind interfere and tell you this doesn't work, this is stupid. Of course, of course. I mean, like, um, I got a call from a friend of mine who uh, lives in Jupiter, Jupiter, Florida. And, and she said, you know, one day I think you're just going to blow up with this hockey thing, you know, this hockey podcast, because, you know, you have that passion, you have that drive all the day. Now it's just, and, and now it's just, I need to cast a wider net and it's and and you know and when i do that i'm going to be impressed and not get you know only a handful of downloads now it would just be more it would be could be a hundred per episode which is not joe rogan episode numbers but um they would still be that would still be pretty good because that's about 200 downloads a week if i do the podcast twice per week. Yeah, I, I think you're actually you, you what you're good at, right, is I actually think you're good at taking the action because you told me just now that you paid off your student loans at 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, how many people can say they do that? You know, you look at the statistic and the average person pays off their loan in 21 years. So you clearly have the ability to set a goal and then hit it, maybe even hit it early. And then I went on your, your Apple podcast for the Blue Oasis, and I see you've already done 100, you've posted 101 episodes. I think most people would have given up by then. Yes, there are podcasters who have done several more than, than you, but you know, you have to think about it. These people make up such a small percentage of the population. So your consistency is there. And, and, and not only that, I think I've posted 125 episodes of the hockey podcast, not even counting the bonus episodes I've did in just one year. And it's like, wow, it's like a lot of content, a lot of, and it was also a good time to start then because we had so much happening in that, um, is what in the NHL as well. Um, yeah. um, uh, so, um, I suppose but I, I, I want to tell you something. I want to yeah. tell you something because I think you're doing such a great job. Even yeah. if you you think like you you haven't gotten a hundred downloads per episode yet, right? But I want to say what you're doing is amazing because you might not see it yet, but what you have done is you've planted the seed. Okay, so what you're doing right now is you keep posting, so you you're watering the seed. You're just wondering when's it gonna grow into something tangible that I can see with my eyes, like like a 
full on tree or something, right? So at first it'll come out and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I got something. And then later on, maybe 10 years from now, it will like turn into this tree. And then other people are like, how did you become so successful? And then you're just like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for 10 years, you know? So you are simply watering it right now. Even though other people might not see its amazingness, it's already amazing. Of course, of course. Thank you. Uh, wow, and I forget my last um, question. No, no, I just remembered. <laughs> um, Work-life balance. Um, so how, so when you're doing your quarter sprints, as I like to call them, and you're, you're on interview, podcast interviews, you are doing extra projects for clients. Um, when, when do you just say, okay, I'm not doing anymore. I'm taking this week for my birthday and going to Charlotte, uh, to go see, um, to go explore the city or something like that. Um, do you have those weeks? I do. Uh, I have to admit I struggle because I am a workaholic. If I wanted to, I could keep working seven days a week because I'm just like, well, when am I gonna get the thing I want, right? But then I've, even like before getting on this call, I was working before I had dinner and then I got on this call with you. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I just feel like the work never ends. Work will never end, you know? Every morning I wake up and for some reason, I get 10 new emails from my clients, from somebody that I have to answer. And I'm just like, where did these 10 emails come from? You know, I went to bed with inbox zero, you know, everything completed. And then I just woke up with 10 more. I'm like, it's like a never ending treadmill. And I kind of like just sat back earlier today, actually, I was like, you know, it will never end. There will always be work. So you kind of, you kind of just have to be yourself setting that boundary and say, I need to pause because the work will be right here when I'm back. <laughs> it will never end, honestly. So unless you decide to take that break, it will just keep on coming, right? And then when you do take the break, you have to understand people are gonna respect you because they know you already work hard. They know you're reliable, you're consistent. So when you just say, hey, I'm going off for four days, you know, I won't be available. They kind of just step back. They really will because they kind of like feel bad if they're bothering you, honestly. But you have to communicate the fact that you're going away. Um, there's also like, I had so many health problems from working way too much in like the last two years that I developed like some sort of something related to my gut. It was definitely just simply from working too much because I was eating healthy, I was exercising. So it was clearly like just stress manifesting through my, my stomach or something like that. Um, and finally, my friend was like, you know, do you ever take a, like a day off? You know, like how nine to five workers, they get Saturday and Sunday off and they get to do whatever they want. I'm like, yeah. But I, I don't get to do that because I'm, I'm building my future. And, and when you want to build something big, it has to be done in the evenings outside of work and on the weekend outside of your job as well. Right. Um, she's like, well, why don't you just kind of like compromise and just take one day off per week and just, just say, that's your day. You don't get to do anything, but the things you want, no work. You know, this is what the Jewish people do. Yeah. Right. Jewish people are really successful. Are, are you Jewish? I mean, yeah. With the last name yeah. Rothstein, it's the right. second Sorry, night of Hanukkah. That. Yeah. So yeah. she told me, yeah, she told me cause she was Jewish. She was like, we have Sabbath, you know, we don't do anything. We don't even turn on the lights. Right. I was like, okay. So I, I decided, you know what? Saturdays are my day off. I don't do anything. 
you know, and I, I, after that, my health problems went away, you know, and, and I actually think I'm more productive because on Saturdays, I'm actually like, when I'm relaxing, I'm thinking, okay, how can I better plan the upcoming week? So I'm more effective rather than just trying to spin my wheels over and over again. Right. So I, I actually think just taking one day off per week and not compromising it is the best thing you can do. Of course. And, and I'll like take, you know, sat, Saturday or Sunday for myself, depending on who I meet, if I, if there's an event there or I'm going to an NHL game or something, I'll take that time, one of those two days. And then on Sunday, when I'm working the side hustle, I'll just sprint or finish an audio segment and, or write an article for the newsletter and just get it out there um, and ready to go and have it timed on Substack for Monday morning or something like that. Uh, so it, it, it flips for me. And, and I also need that extra day to write down what I'm grateful for and how I'm planning in a journal, which um, uh, I don't even know if I should, you know what, I'll just promote it. Um, the hockey journal, um, available on Lulu, um, definitely something you should do to help plan your days out. So do you uh, write down what you're grateful for and what you are um, planning to do for either the week or for that day and your tasks, what you're grateful for and your three positive affirmations? Something I don't like that. do that. I think I need more more of that in my life. That is something that my mentor, Jason Stapleton, uh, told me to do. And I've kept that with me very consistently. I'll write down, okay, I want um, $100 million to make $100 million in my life. Um, I want uh, to sell 4 million audiobooks. Um, I want to, I'm, I'm grateful for eggs because i'm i guess that's my favorite food i'm grateful <laughs> for hockey i'm grateful uh to have i'm grateful for sunny days or something like that and then um and then i guess my tasks are okay write something on alternate hockey history today um put out the episode on victor headman all that stuff and then i just um and finish the uh the thing for uh, the audio episode for the client and, and then I've, and then I'm set and then it's like, check, 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 here you go sort of thing. So it's like, so it's, so it's a checklist and, uh, and I you love do, it. of course, uh, so, um, anything you're else so disciplined, I swear you're so incredibly disciplined. Thank I you. I don't know where you got this from, but it's amazing. I, I, I actually was not a good student in college. I was, I finished uh, at Towson University and that's a school in, uh, eight miles away from Baltimore, um, just at, at, at a 2-4, but I was taking, um, you know, I took accounting, I took the basics to computer science, but I was just like getting C's and not that well. And I took, and I took calculus at the same time I took computer science, I got... I think I aced the final to get like a C plus in the class. And that was like, like after, because I was struggling and I got like a D in, 
because I guess I got intimidated by one other student who was like, oh yeah, you screwed up. Yeah, you bombed that test. But then it's like, I come back and then I finish strong sort of thing. That's okay. I mean, yeah. it's okay if you didn't do that well in school because it doesn't matter what you where you start. And the point is, did you finish? Yeah. You finished. So that's the only thing that matters. You you were able to finish. And then I think even more important than how well you did in school, because if you read the book, The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley, and, and he analyzes all these characteristics of millionaires who were self-made, how well they did in school was like the least, was like at the bottom of their list, you know? The, the most important thing was like their work ethic, right? And, and then like having a supportive spouse, a highly, highly supportive spouse. I, I'm trying to figure out that last part as well. Um, not, not the best with love. Eh. Um, but... I think with everything that you've managed to figure out and your kind of work ethic, I think you can find yourself a very good woman who can take that... care of your future family. I, I appreciate <laughs> you're that. you're a good man. You have I, work ethic. I appreciate it. I appreciate that even though there are times uh, that this is a struggle to get to, but when, when this blows up, I'm done with the nine to five and, and I'm working for myself and I'll gladly work this 24 seven uh, to make sure that my dreams come true. Um, talked about work-life balance. Anything else you want to discuss? No, I think that's it. We've covered so much. Oof. All right. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you like this episode, please rate this five stars. Write a little review. Let me know what you think. Share it with every single friend and family member that you can think of and just text them, email them. I don't care. Just get it to them because this stuff is important. And the way we're shifting in this world, we need this side hustle money. We need and we and we should create an opportunity for ourselves. So so we're not reliant on them. And and a nine to five is just one client with just one your one client that could just fire you at any point and you have no other source of income with and it's and I've built this podcast so so you can have that extra source so you at least have something coming in and you're not frozen out in the cold, if you will. I love it. I love oh. this so much. I okay. gotta end with this. Let me end with this because my Jewish okay. friend said this. Okay. Jewish friend said this, and and it relates to what you said. From nine to five, I work to pay my bills, and then from five p.m. to nine a.m., I work to build my fortune. Perfect. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Blue Oasis podcast. And with that being said, uh, take care. <laughs>